Welcome, everybody. Welcome all online. Everybody in their jammies. If you're not in your jammies and you're watching from home, you're doing it wrong, by the way. So, um, hey, I got some announcements for you guys. Uh, first, I'm not sure if there's a slide, but there might be, might not be. We got uh, winter camp coming up in uh, like a month, a little less than a month. Sorry, I'm taller than Ashley. This might surprise you, but uh, uh, so yeah, we got winter camp coming up. So pray for that coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, if you want more information, Megan's going to be here, second service in the back balcony. Um, talk to her about that. Signups are happening. They've been happening. Uh, I think we're, we're on the uh, the not early bird anymore, the, the uh, higher price. So sign up for that. Sign up for your kids for that. If you want more information, grab her afterwards. Um, secondly, we have, what's the other one? Mexico trading. Mexico trading. Mexico's happening, guys. Holy cow. It's that time of the year. We're like, we got done with December, which is crazy. And now we're heading into summer stuff, which is crazy. But uh, trip number one. Mexico trip number one, there's an info meeting on the 30th. Yep, 30th, right after second service. It's either going to be in the Fellowship Hall or the clubhouse. Probably Fellowship Hall, but we'll, we'll see when time gets closer. Uh, that means Jan's going to be here. It's going to be great. Uh, if, you, if you've never gone, if you have gone, if you want more information, if you're sending a kid or what, you know, whatever have you, this is the meeting to definitely, definitely, definitely go to. Go to this meeting. Uh, just for the first trip. Um, so get some more information on that, and that's a great time. Stockpile all the questions you have, everything you got, um, so that you know when Jan's here and all that stuff, you can ask any and all questions and benefit. It's pretty quick. Just tries to get done in an hour. So um, yeah, that's it, man. Let's let's have a great trip. Are you going? Uh, spring break, and then I have them. Do you have them, Bryce? Do you know off the off the top of your head? April 2nd through the 9th, June 11th through 18th. And if that's wrong, that's Scott's fault, not mine. So uh, hope you guys can go to that. It's great. It's awesome. Um, and uh, we're going to get to it. So uh, we're, we're like halfway done. Holy cow, folks. Has January flown? Uh, public service announcement, once again, if you missed it, these are in the back. We're going through the book of Revelation, not the whole book, a couple chapters here. We're going through the kind of the first half. And uh, if you're interested in it, uh, these are going to be available for the next two weeks. So grab one. It's got chuck full of diagrams, um, corny pastor joke comics. If you read it, it's it's they're not funny, but you know it's like Scott's jokes. They're not funny, but just <laughs> laugh along, you know. Um, and so grab one of those. Next two weeks, physically, you got to go and come grab one. I can't send it to you electronically. And then after that, they're gone forever. You can't ever have one. You probably have one, but you got to ask. It's a big deal. Uh, so uh, there's that. There's that. We did announcements. Are we ready to go? Let's pray. We're going to go to the next couple churches. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Holy cow, there's so much. It's going to be crazy. And before anyone knows it, uh, the, the passage is going to be over. So, so I just pray that you can give us clarity of mind, clarity of speech, um, that we, we could just stick with it understand what's going on and, and just understand what's really important, what's really going on here, God, and that uh, we could just keep you, number one, utmost, first and foremost, Father. I pray for this time. I pray that uh, it is blessing to you, God. I pray for all these things in your name. Amen. 
So if you missed, missed the first few weeks of January, we're going through Revelation. We started off very first. We did a little intro chapter. Then we talked about the very first church, right? That was a lot. We went over almost two chapters that first Sunday in uh, January. Uh, you stuck with it. It was great. Next, la- last week, we did the uh, church number two, church number three. And if you missed it, basically they're talking about, hey, these are little lessons that, that these churches need to learn about. These are lessons, these are strengths. God's calling them out. They're saying, hey, these are good things you're doing, and here's some not good things you're doing, right? And they're not going to leave us there. He's not going to leave them there. He actually tells them what they need to do, right? So, so the first church, it was repent, if you guys remember, re- repent and, uh, and uh, rediscover your first love, right? Because they love God, they love people, they're doing all these great things, and something happens, when you're in a Christian for just maybe too long, if that's a statement that you could say, right? You're a Christian for too long and things dull, right? The passion they had dulls and the stuff they're doing dulls and, and it kind of just gets weaker and they're saying, hey, remember, get reinvigorated, repassionate, rediscover who God is, right? And, and very much like that, Right, repent and rediscover. This, the the next two churches last week was repent and uh, endure, and and these churches are going through a lot of stuff. They're they're struggling. They're fighting. They're 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 living where Satan lives, where he rules. Actual words they're using. Hard times are coming to these churches, and more harder times, if I can say that, are coming. Still, people are going to jail. Right, And if they go to jail, they may leave jail. And if they leave jail, there's a good chance they're going to get killed then. Right? Hard, tough, insane, troubling times are coming in these churches. And, and they have the audacity to say, hey, you need to endure. Why? Because Christ has already endured. We have to remember, hey, this is what it's all about. That we have to discover why Christ did it. And we have to remember why Christ did it, right? So we're going to keep going. Uh, we're going to talk about the church at Theatira. And if you're wrong, you can say Theatira. Or I don't know. You guys say it the different way. I don't like it, but it's fine. You can say whatever you want, right? So let's keep going. Chapter 2, uh, verse 18. It says, And to the angel of the church is Theatira, write, The words of the Son of God who has the eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Remember, he's introing Jesus. We learned this. If you, if you joined us, he's introing Jesus. And instead of just saying, here's the words of Jesus, he's going to say attributes of Jesus. He's going to say, hey, the one who died and came back to life. Right? He's going to say things like, hey, the one who loves you, the one who's endured, the one who did this, that, the other thing, because he's setting them up for, hey, Jesus died and came back to life, so you need to endure to your death because Jesus did it. Right? So let's, let's put on our big thinking caps here, folks. Okay? So, so knowing that, knowing that he's been introing it in that way, good job, I like the thinking cap, right? Um, he says, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Is this going to be simple? Is this going to be an easy message? Burnished bronze, we've been, we were talking about armor, 
fiery eyes. We're talking about truth, passion, anger, someone who can discern and see past. So right off the bat, we know what? What do we know? Say it louder, Ashley. Come on. We're going to be reading something difficult. We're going to be reading something that's controversial. We're going to be reading something that's true, passionate, something that, hey, maybe this is the military leader that the Old Testament was all the people were looking for, and now we're doing the same thing, right? So that's the kind of idea that you don't have to read a single thing else. You already know what's about to happen, right? Verse 19, I know your works your love and faith and service and patient endurance and that your latter works exceed your first. So it's getting better. Things are great, right? The works you're doing now are even greater than the works you did at first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel. We don't know her yet, have we? We haven't heard about Jezebel. We don't know what she's doing. Maybe it'll help us. Maybe it'll tell us what she's all about. Who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Good lady. Not only is she messing up, right? Not only is she doing other stuff, she's seducing other people, his servants. These are people who are Christians. These aren't the fake ones. She's actually telling people who are believing in God, who are servants, hey, it's okay to do these things. Sexual freedom, right? You can eat food that's sacrificed to idols, not a big deal, right? And this is something that's kind of hard for me, to be honest, if I, if I can be frank with you guys, because I kind of am under the understanding that, like, you, there's, no, there's only one God, right? Um, a, lo a lot of the time, it's, it's like a, a game board, when you're dealing with uh, things that aren't real, you know, like there's no power in it. There's no strength to it. A Ouija board is a piece of wood. Now, when we look at this, this passage, is that true? Food sacrificed idols. There's no idols. There's no gods. There's one God. It's just food. Now what's, oh wait, there's a problem. We, got, we can't just pretend that, oh, wait, what we're doing is nothing. Oh, wait, what we're doing isn't important. Oh, wait, this food isn't just food anymore. We're not just playing a board game. Even though we know that God's more powerful, even though we know stuff in here, God controls it all. We got to understand what's actually going on, people. We talked about this before a week or two ago. I don't know. It's been a long year already, right? <laughs> that so much of the world, 99.9999% of the people in this world live like this, horizontal. Stuff that I could see, feel, taste, touch, science, facts, good, true, absolutely. We need to live like this too. The problem is that there's a whole nother dimension to it, right? As we're doing life, as we're eating, playing games, doing whatever we're doing, we got to live here, understand this, but also we got to understand this. There's more to life than just what we see, what we feel, what we taste. There's a war going on, folks. A war that's being called out already from this Jezebel person that, hey, you could eat this, you could do it. Freedom in Christ. 
Ooh, okay. Uh, verse 21. I gave, who's I? Who's talking here? Remember? Jesus. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, ooh, are you ready? Behold, I will throw her into a sick bed. Huh. And those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into the great tribulation. Huh. Now it's not tribulation anymore, folks. Great tribulation. What does that mean? Is it harder than just tribulation? Huh. That's interesting. And here's the, here's, here's the part that I don't want anyone to forget. Here's the part that, that gets glossed over so much of the time. Here's the part that no one focuses on. Here's the part that the world forgets when they talk about God. The God who's sitting up there with a hammer and his lightning bolt. And if you walk into a church, you're going to die, right? So yeah, you're going to do this. Yeah, he's a sick bed. Yeah, you're going to, all those things. Unless they repent of her works. Hope. Chance. Never, ever, ever, ever forget who God is, ladies and gentlemen. No matter what you think you're being punished for, no matter what you think you, you have done, your parents have done, no matter what you think, how far you are gone, no matter how many people on this planet have says, I will not forgive you, I will not, cannot, should not forgive you, right here. We serve a God that is bigger, bigger than our understanding. When others refuse forgiveness, God gives it. He initiates it. He calls for it. Holy cow, ladies and gentlemen, did you get your coffee this morning? It's one of those Sundays. Verse 23, and I will strike her children dead. And I just said, don't ever forget who God is. And we just did. <laughs> now it's person. Now God doesn't do. Why? I don't understand. Ladies and gentlemen, when I and and this is the part where we jump around. This is the part where you better had your copy and you, and you did your little flexing and your stretches and all that stuff. Your mind exercises in the morning. We're jumping around a whole lot. When I hear stuff like this, you know what I think of instantly? I think of slaves in Egypt. What are you talking about? Sickness, death. Oh, that, oh, okay, that has happened. What, what's all that about? Slaves are in Egypt. God calls, you know, I always, pastor confessions. Did Abraham go or did Moses go or did Noah? Okay, Moses, okay, right? <laughs> so mo, mo, let my people go. Pharaoh doesn't do it. And then 10 plagues come. You, you ever wonder why 10 plagues? You ever wonder why those specific plagues? God's calling them out. He is going to Egypt and saying, you worship Nile? I control Nile. You, you, wor you worship livestock? <laughs> That's cute. I control livestock. You worship sun? I control sun. You worship sex, going back to this now, and both. I control life. 
Your firstborn is not your own. It's mine. Jezebel, the person, the very individual who's saying sexual freedom, I could do, say, act however I want. I can bring others along. Is <laughs> saying, hey, I am the, the prophetess. I am the goddess. I control my own sexuality. Ding dong. Here, oh, 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 oh. I know the answer. I, I heard this one. Egypt. No, you don't. God controls it. Now, let's get a little personal. In our lives, maybe we're not doing this stuff, right? Maybe, you, I, I, I don't know the last time I saw food sacrificed to idols, right? Like, I just, I don't, uh, I don't think I ever have, right? So I don't have that problem. I'm not, I'm not calling people, hey, sexual freedom, what am I doing, though? What are you doing? What are we doing? Something in our specific life that we're saying is okay, that we're permitting not only ourselves to do, but others, that really belongs to God. Things in our life, aspects of our life that we have deemed in our control actually belongs to God. And there's a lot of them. And, and I'm not going to go through them all. Time, money, man of the house. Mm. That's, that's not okay. I don't, that's different from what culture says, right? All of those aspects belong to God. See, um, summer camp happens every year, and, and I get the... Um, uh, for the past couple of years, it's been an awesome opportunity to warn the outgoing seniors of what they're going to endure, right? Outgoing seniors, they're, they're heading out to the real world. They go to college, and for a lot of times, they go to college, then they get a job somewhere else. This is realistically one of the last times I get to see them, right, uh, on, a, on a continual basis, right? They always come back, and they visit family, and blah, 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 but I tell them, find a church. This is the most thing you should do, right? You're not going to find RBC. You're not going to do it. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. Right? Don't look for one. You're not going to find it, right? Grow, progress, figure out where you could serve, all that good stuff. Number two, a lot of people in this world, and you've, they've already been experienced it for 18 years, 19 years, however long been alive. They're going to tell you that you need to take responsibility for things that are outside of your control. Destiny questions. They're going to say it is up to you to decide. What are you going to do in life? Who are you going to marry? Where are you going to go to college? What, what extracurricular activities are you going to do? All these things leading down to the very standpoint, the very fundamental reasoning that you are in control of your destiny. Folks, if Brent Baldwin was in control of his destiny, I'm not up here. <laughs> if you are in control 100% of the time, effort, resources, everything that you have so deemed under your control, where are you right now? 
probably not awake at church on a Sunday morning. Thank God we are not in control of our destiny. (laughs) Thank God we are not in control of a life, of a baby. Thank God we are not in control of who, that we're supposed to go out in this world and find the one person that we're supposed to marry? That's impossible. That's scary. I don't want to do it. And thank God there's a God that has a plan. Let's keep going. Uh, And I will strike your children in, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. Egypt, Jezebel, Rock Bible insert, person, your name, my name, everyone will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you, Thyatira, uh, who do not hold this teaching, so those that, that, that uh, don't listen to that, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan to you, I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Hey, If you haven't been listening to her, if you haven't done this stuff, I'm not going to lump you all together. If if you haven't been doing this stuff, if if you've been holding true to God, it's okay. You don't got to worry. I'm not punishing you because of what your big brother did, your big sister did, or whatever. I'm not just saying, hey, all you kids are in trouble because one thing happened. No, you're okay, right? You Only hold fast to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. This idea of war, remember, armor, war, fiery eyes, passion, he's going to give to you, to me, to us, as long as we stay true. As when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. A morning star is a weapon. It's pretty cool. It's very dangerous. The morning star, spelled a different way, the morning star is Jesus. Good. Mark, Mark's legacy is still here, right? He, verse 29, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Woo! One church done, one church to go. Let's keep going. Chapter 3, verse 1, Church of Sardis. And to the angel of the Church of Sardis write the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Remember, spirits, stars, churches. Remember this? Yes, they're the churches, the one in control. He has them in their hand, right? I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but good thing coming, bad thing coming. But you are dead. Physically dead? Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. 
Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I come against you. Ladies and gentlemen, never, ever, ever forget who God is. Verse 4, yet you have still a few, this is the good part, you still, yet you, you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments. Is this talking about physical soiling? No, thank you, right? Spiritual, mental, emotional, hmm. purity-wise, hmm. and they will walk with me in white, hmm. For they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. You want Jesus confessing your name? Saying, hey, the jo- you, know, you, you know you get your job, and you're like applying for a job, and you're like, oh, job references. Imagine if you put Jesus Right, if you could say Jesus got my back, call his number. Here it is. I don't, I don't know, eight six seven five. I don't, you know, like I don't know, one of those things. Right, Uh, Jesus is saying, yeah, if you do these things, I, in front of God and all of my angels, are going to fight for you. That's exciting, folks. Uh, verse 6 he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches may the Lord blessing the reading of his word amen holy cow did we fly and it's okay we're wrapping up quick but I I have a story Um, I don't even know if this is a phrase if this is a statement you know like fresh wounds fresh cut right is fresh scars a thing? Like, it's a scar. It's a, it's a ways away, but it's still fresh. I, I wanted to tell you guys a story, and I was thinking about this. I was thinking about um, this passage right here, and at first I was like, there's no way. There's too many other people involved. There's stuff happening, and simply I can't share it with people. And then I was sitting there, and I thought about it more, and I thought about it more, and I thought about it more. I said, I'll share it but we're cutting off the stream. I'm turning off the stream. We can't put this online and we can't just, just, people are watching online. Did you know that, right? I can't just have that information out there. And it's just, it's one of those, I'm thinking about more and more. And I'm like, this story happened 18 years ago. People are gone. They moved. It's it's totally irrelevant. Why then am I, am I so scared to share it? Well, because it's a fresh scar right? Um, at my, my old church, dec- almost decades ago, I'm in high school, right? And, um, and I'm, I'm catching on, and, and Jesus was always a thing with me, right? But I'm really catching on to this whole church thing. I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a good time. And um, I, I, it's, it's going from my uh, sometime between my sophomore and senior year, let's just say junior year, right? The church at the time, um, our pastor retired, left, and we just had in Amiram pastors come in, preach for a, a month or whatever, and then head out. And finally, we get a, a guy who comes in, and he's there, right? The church at the time, we had a youth group of about four, 
or five people, right? Um, we had a, an entire congregation of about 50, 50 or 60, right? Which um, by today's standards actually is a good sized church. Uh, we got to remember that, right? <laughs> we think of big churches as thousands. Good sized church is about that, right? So we have a church of about 50, 60 people. And this guy comes in with big high hopes and dreams. And over the next year, two years, something like that, um, things happen. Things shake. It's, it's awesome. People are coming to Christ. People are coming to church. Church explodes. Hundreds and hundreds of people are coming now. Right over over every year, we're, we're averaging about a hundred new people every year who are who are coming regularly, and we get to the point where uh, there's about three hundred people going, three hundred to three hundred and fifty people. And if you want to know about church culture, about church, the the background of churches, there are stages of the church's life that things happen, and um, like the human body. At certain ages, you can kind of expect certain things to happen in churches, and it's pretty surprising. So when you get 60, right, and you're age of 60, you expect things to happen. When you get her 30, right, you, you don't like sleep as well, and you wake up, you might be a little sore, you bounce back. When you're, when you're 20, right, it makes sense, right? In churches, it's kind of the same way, to be honest. A church of 50 is going to act a certain way, a church of 150, right? And, and, and what happens is if you analyze churches right around 300 to 400 people, people are going to start realizing how big your church is getting. And not everyone is going to think that's a good thing. And that sounds insane, but it's true. Not everyone enjoys that people are going to come to Christ. Not everyone enjoys that you're baptizing dozens and dozens of people every year. And not everyone enjoys that now they come and they're lost. They're in just another face, right? I don't want to say that it's all bad, right? Um, so the church is getting big, and, and what happens nearly overnight is rumors start happening. Mm-hmm. Um, problems are coming. Uh, things are being spread about the pastor primarily, but about the staff as well. And, um, and we search around, we ask, we do due diligence, and we find out that every single rumor is coming from one small group in the church. And this small group has been around for a long, long, long time. They are influential, dynamic people who have been working hard. They are servants. They are doing things, right? And, and they are spreading rumors about the head pastor that big-time rumors, ladies and gentlemen, affairs. They're saying he's cheating, that he's stealing from the church. This is not, hey, he's coming in late to work. He missed a day, right? He didn't call in sick. He took too many vacations days. He, they're saying that he's having an affair with so-and-so, and, and, and it escalates. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. They, they say not only is he doing that, he's doing it on church property, that he's stealing bank account numbers, that he's selling a, a property, things to other people. And it got to the point where the church has to say, we're, we're going to look into it. 
Not because we don't believe you, right? Not because we don't believe the pastor, but it's, it's so influenced, so powerful, so impacted, so in the, everyone knows, everyone is talking about it. We have to look into it. So on a Sunday morning, they said, this is the plan. We're going to get this outside group called Growing Healthy Churches, and they are going to investigate anything and everything. They're going to look into not only the pastor's life, the staff's life, but the congregation's life as well. And after about a month, we're going to present it to the church on a Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning. And after about a month, you wouldn't believe it, ladies and gentlemen. They came up and they said, not only did we discover that the pastor isn't doing any of those things, the people who accuse the pastor of having an affair are having an affair. The people that are accusing the pastor of stealing are stealing. They're not only cheating on taxes, they are stealing deacons. People that take your money from the, they, they get your, oh, thank you for donating. To, they're taking it from the plate and stealing it. Why am I sharing this, folks? We started off thinking that this came from one small group. If I can say it lightly and jokingly, we didn't have a Jezebel, we had a Jezo Taco Bell. We had one guy who's messing up everything. One dude. Where all these rumors are coming from, all these problems are coming from. You know what the problem is? He's a deacon, he serves with the youth, he helps write the curriculum for kids. This is real. This idea that he's talking about here, folks, about serving and people thinking you're alive, but you are dead? It happens. So after a month, growing healthy churches showed up on Sunday morning in front of everyone and said, sorry, if this is your first Sunday, come back. You probably should just leave, right? Come back next Sunday because things are going to get a lot better. And they said, not only leave, don't you dare infect another church. Don't join another church. Don't you dare. Don't you dare walk into another building and pretend like it's our fault. Don't you dare walk into another building and say that, oh, the pastor did this, the pastor did, they didn't understand me. I was listening to Jesus. They're saying, do not infect this church. Do not infect any church. You've brought another, enough people have lost. Jezebel has brought enough people, we lost enough people we can't send you out with good conscience and say, join First Baptist of, I don't want to Pleasanton because that's probably an actual church, right? Join X church. Maybe you're better over there. This group had the absolute audacity, the absolute wisdom to say, no, don't, please. Before you do that, 
wake up. Before you join another church, it doesn't have to be ours. You don't have to come back and apologize. We're all grown men. We're all grown women. We don't care. Before you do that, notice the thing that's been hanging on our wall the entire time, and I'm still talking about the other church. (laughs) That thing that's been up there the entire time that you walk by hundreds of times because they came in hundreds of times a week, basically. Understand that. And once you do, then move, then act, then serve. We have to, have to, have to stop pretending that what we do does not impact others. Why does the Bible say that not many people should be leaders? Why aren't we begging, begging people, just come in, help with students, help with children. I don't care. Come as you are, do whatever. Why are we doing a background check and Megan has to meet you and Jane has to meet you and doing all this stuff? Why do we care? Why can't you just serve? We're protecting not only the kids, we're protecting you. What if at some point, Jezo Taco Bell, whatever his name is, before all of this got caught, what if it didn't have to turn into this big thing? What if the whole church didn't have to get invited? What if it didn't go from 350 to about 250 overnight in one week because they had a following? What if that person got called out and said, yeah, man, do I cheat on some taxes, man. Holy cow. It's hard. And this is why this is this is why we go on a Sunday morning, folks. And I'm going to repeat myself because I don't want you leaving here and forgetting who God is. Never ever ever forget who God is. You sang it, Bryce sang it, Ashley sang it. You are good. Good. Oh, oh. That's why I'm not up here. We can't ever forget we do not serve a God that's not justice. We can never, ever forget that we do not serve a God that's not truthful. Who's not going to fight for truth? Who's not going to present truth? Who's not going to do these things? We fight. We believe. We worship truth. We worship love. He is those things. What are some strengths? You got them. They're blank. You can fill it in. Works, love, faith, endurance. Second church, some remain pure. I don't ever want you to forget in life, when life hits you hard, when you're doing the right thing, the hard thing, and people don't understand, 
Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Why, how, how did Jezebel end up like this? How... We, 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 we look at this extreme case, and, and my case, we look at that and say, how could someone ever, ever justify stealing from the plate? How could someone ever, ever justify sexual immorality, eating foods that belong to other gods? How? Because the world is saying, yeah, you'll get that. Don't know. That's too crazy. But... Who cares if you're doing? Don't steal, com- don't steal that, but everyone cheats on their taxes. You're a waitress. You don't got to claim. You, gotta, you don't do that. Who cares? You're not going to get found out. They don't care about you. They care about the big billionaire guys. The world, majority, 51 plus percent of people will, are, are always going to be wrong. The easy, flat, straight way that's easy and, well, you can understand it and you can grasp it. And it's this type of level. And we can see it and touch it and feel it. And it's facts and it's simple and everyone can get it. Wrong. The road that's tough and you have no idea that's get, where it's going to end and you don't understand and people are asking you, no, what? You're going to do what? You're giving 10%? That's what? Why are you doing that? You can't give 10% to a church because then you can't invest 10%. What? That doesn't make sense. Things, sometimes God likes to explain it. Sometimes he sits there and he goes, boom, 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 boom. Not so all the time. Almost always, you're going to take that first step and have no idea. Sometimes, always, you're going to climb that first step, grab onto the ladder, you're going to do that first step, you're going to accept the job offer, you're going to go to that church, you're going to put put your money in the plate, you're going to do the thing, you're going to start, you're going to do the thing, you're not going to get it. And a week's going to go by, and you're not going to get it. And a month's going to go by, and you're not going to get it. And two months are going to, and three months, and four months, and five months, and a year, and you're not going to get it. And whole lifetimes are going to go by, and you might not get it. I had a conversation with Scott earlier this week, and uh, we're, we're talking about this year and how exciting it is and all the things that we're going to do and all the problems we're going to face and all the troubles and all the growth and all the, if I can get a little bi- biblical, symbolic, the birthing pains, the things that stink, but they're, you know, it's, it's potential and growth and, right? And, 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 and I said, cause I'm new here and, and I don't know much. And I'm like, Hey Scott, like, I really think like two years down the line, three years down the line, four years down the line, we're going to look back at 2022 and it's going to be, man, was it an awesome year? It was hard and it was terrible, but man, it was good. And he looks at me and he says, yeah, 
and I'm going to enjoy it every, way, every step of the way through or something like that. I'm sitting there, absolutely. When we're facing those problems, we don't have to just look forward to hindsight. When we're facing trials, tribulations, when we're going through those pains, when we're enduring, when we're going to jail, if I can get a little... When people are persecuting us and we're facing all this and we don't know, we don't understand and people are asking and, and we can't honestly describe it. We can't honestly explain it because we don't understand. We don't have to wait 20 years and look back. Right now we could say, uh, we're having a good time. And that's why today, like every other Sunday, is a happy Sunday. We can face these, these hard things and say, yeah, but we serve good. God, you are good. Man, holy cow, do I have some verses for you guys and we have no time. Um, I'm going to skip. Uh, I'm just going to give them to you. Write them down. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version, right? We're happy Sunday, right? Isaiah 64, 6, right? It says, hey, you stink. Everything you're good at, terrible, horrible. Um, you feel good, right? Deuteronomy 30, 17 through 19, right? Uh, all the things that you want, your, 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 your desires, your heart, everything you want in life, wrong, bad. You're going to choose cursing. You're going to look at it and choose cursing. Huh. You like that one? Happy Sunday. John 10, 10. The thief comes to kill. Destroy, uh, I, I, that's my, that's my, I memorized a different one. Relax. Okay. Yeah, you did it wrong. Uh, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Wow. That's what you're facing, folks. Every day you wake up, there's a thief who wants to steal your life, to kill everything you are, and destroy your legacy. That's who you're facing. That's what you have to live up to. And guess what? Your works are nothing and your desires are wrong. What's the solution? Just like every other Sunday, I didn't pick this out. I didn't make it up. It is straight out of here. First, repent. Like every other Sunday, repent. Maybe we'll get it one day. Hopefully by the end of this, we'll be like, hey, you know what? You're going to wake up on a Monday morning where I'll be like, hey, I got this strange feeling. I feel like I should repent. I don't know why, but I've heard it for a month now. And repent, not only repent, surrender or re-surrender. Have you done it? Re-surrender. If you haven't done it, surrender. Have you figured it out yet? Are we that far into January? Are we past the mark? Are we, are, are we at the point where we could say, January 2022 is no different than December 2021? Spoiler, 2023 is going to be the same. So many people surrender to a date. So many people surrender to a dime. So many people surrender to the earth going around, the sun, the sun going around. I'm no biologist, right? One of those things, right? So many people just surrender to that thing. Not that thing. Folks, time does not care about you. 
Sorry. If you die, 2023 is happening. If you become a trillionaire, 2023 is happening. So many people surrender to this idea of an arbitrary date. That's no different than any other date. Surrender to good. Surrender to God. Re-surrender to good. Re-surrender to God. Remember those verses that were like super downers? There's a little context. And if you miss the context, you miss the point, right? Remember how like, oh, wow, uh, you're, you're horrible. Everything you do is, is filthy garments, right? Uh, uh, Isaiah 64, 6, right? That verse where it's like, oh man, everything I do, all my works are as filthy garments. That's terrible. Uh, there's context, folks. Isaiah, right after Isaiah 64, 7 through 8, there was no one who calls upon your name who rouses himself to take hold of you for you are, have hidden your face from us and have made us melt. Hold on, it gets better. Melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Folks, we are bedpans and we are made n- nothing special. It's a pot. Who cares? Everyone. You should care. You want to know why? Who made it? Changes everything. Yeah, your pot may be broken. Who broke it? Yeah, your, your pot is getting molded and shaped. Who's molding it? Who's shaping it? It's God, folks. And yeah, no matter how good you are, you can't earn your way into heaven, but God made this little pot. And in a world of pots, in a world of of uniformity, in a world where nothing really makes you special, in a world that we're all just chance, and we all just got here, to know that there is a creator that purposefully made a specific person, that's unique. I don't care if you can juggle. I don't care if you can do this, that, the other thing. I, I don't know, juggle. What was that the first thing? Doesn't matter. Why? There's a billion other people in this world that can juggle. Maybe a million. I don't know. I don't care if you can solve a Rubik's Cube in 20 seconds. I don't care if you do any of these things. doesn't matter. Guess why? God is more impressive. Let's keep going. Deuteronomy 30 through 15 through 20. Write that down. We're not even going to look at it because we're way out of time. Who cares? Uh, surrounding that one verse that's saying you're going to choose bad, God says, I'm giving you the opportunity. I'm giving you everything. And you're going to choose cursing, but guess what? I am God. And even though you're going to choose cursing, I'm going to, I'm going to bless everything around you and maybe you get it. <laughs> I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless him, I'm going to bless your neighbor. So maybe you understand that there's a God. Maybe through, through all your pain, all the troubles you're going to be facing, you could say, wow, I need a savior. And 2022's not going to do it. And my mom's not going to do it. And the neighbor's not going to do it. And hey, I'm not going to do it. 
God is going to do it. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, part B. I, Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's a thief, and, and then there's God. Why do we not need to fear the thief? Why? Why would we choose the thief over the one who brings life? The road is easy. The opening is wide. Understandable. Easy, flat ground. There's no big curves. It's it's understandable. 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 5. And here, here's some of the verses that kind of sum up what I'm talking about today, folks. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do not do the work the, uh, of the evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Folks, there, there is every opportunity for you to believe anything you want in this world. Lies are going to be coming at you from left, right, center, up, down, every direction, inward. <laughs> that ain't true. You have every opportunity to listen to those voices. Your ears are going to be itching. Be looking for it. I want to believe this, so I'm going to follow this guy. I'm, I'm, I want to follow. The, I want to believe in this, so I listen to this girl. I, I want to do this. I want sexual freedom. I want to just eat whatever I want to eat. Hey, look, Jezebel. And if she's teaching it, it must be true. We do it. We look for the teacher to teach what we want to believe. And in fact, we have a book, we have a word, we have a place to look at and teach us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, what we should hear, not what we desire to hear. First Samuel 16, 7, and this is a lot of like negative, right? And this is possibly, if you look at this, you, you could take it in a negative way, right? It says, but the Lord looked at Samuel and says, do not look on his appearance or the height of his statue. They're looking for a king, right? It says, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not on man's seat, uh, what man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So you could look at this constantly in a negative way. You could say, wow, this is a sermon about works. And about how even if you do works, your inside is dead. And what you're sowing is death. And what you're birthing is death. And what you're doing is death. You could look at that and say, yeah, but God looks at the inward. Who cares what you're doing? You could take that negatively. Or you could take it positively. You could say, wow, I'm not the guy I once was. I can't do the things anymore. Maybe I can't go to Mexico. Maybe uh, it's a hard life. Maybe I'm, I'm further in my years. Maybe I have this disability, that disability. Maybe this is preventing me. This is preventing me. 
I can't do those things anymore. And, and what I, the, the giant influence that I once had is now this. And you could focus on once was, or you could say, God, I know you know my heart. I know you know my heart. And even though I'm trying, and even though this seems like a season of failure, and even though people are turning in against me, and even though lies are being spread about me, and rumors are being spread about me, and all those things, it does not matter. I do not have to worry, because the one who does matter isn't looking at that stuff He's not looking at all what you've accomplished. He's not looking at what they've accomplished. He's not looking at any of those outward things. He's with those fiery eyes. He's looking at your heart. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a great place to start. Lord, Thank you for today. We thank you that you see our heart, God, that, that no matter what is going on, no matter what circumstances are happening, no matter what situations are happening, no matter what we can, can't do, no matter if our works are succeeding, if they're failing, if they're rags, if they're riches, it doesn't matter. I thank you that you see our hearts, that you see our minds, our intentions, I pray that, that we, we move past needing to be understood. I pray that we move past needing others to agree with what we're doing or not, whatever it may be, that we simply lay it, surrender it, or we re-surrender it at the cross, God. And what a Sunday to do it. A Sunday that doesn't matter to anyone else. But you called us on this Sunday to surrender. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth, hundredth time, surrender to you, surrender to the cross, that, that we're not going to give up. We're going to give up everything else, everything that the world holds on to, because you are good. And we're going to keep worshiping you, and we're going to keep saying it time and time again that you are good, that you are a God worth serving. I pray that we never, ever, ever, ever forget who you are, God. And I also pray for this offering, Father, that it is pleasing to you. And no matter what is put into the plate, that, that once again, that doesn't matter. You don't need it, but you see the heart behind it, God. I pray that, that um, if there's any guests here, that they feel no obligation to give, but they simply acknowledge what we do as a church family, Lord. Amen. this week, live that out. Repent and, and do all the things that we've been talking about these past few weeks, but, but surrender to God, right? And when you do, pray that you find that when, when trials come, when tribulations come, when hardship comes, you could say, it is well with my soul. Go with him.
Have a great week, guys. Mm-hmm.